Hello everyone and welcome into ACC Tailgate on a Thursday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're caffeinated. Hope you're ready to go. Hope you're, hope you're having a good start to your day. Uh, I know I am. I'm caffeinated as you can see. Had me a good breakfast. Had me a good workout this morning. Uh, and I'm ready to go. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, welcome in uh, to our podcast listeners who are listening uh a little later on today, after we post this up on the podcast sites that you uh, subscribe to, and uh, welcome into everybody who's watching this a little later in the day after we post this on Twitch. Um, welcome into Chris Landry Football. Uh, I'm your host, Will Dalton, aka uh, Wilburn Gold. You can find me on any social media. I'd love to get to know each and every one of you because I appreciate all you guys. Um, so let me start here. As I get my banners up, but that ain't it. Um, so there's, I kind of wanted to start with this because you know it's it's been in the news a little bit. Uh, you know, I was having a conversation with my dad about it yesterday, uh, and you know it's it's a very prevalent topic right now in in the ACC world. Um, so context matters. I think we can all agree that sometimes we can be unfairly treated uh, or judged by others uh, because they don't have the full context of what we're doing with our lives, you know, or what we're anything, you know, uh, nobody knows you and your reasoning for things better than you. Uh, and I think we can all remember a time where, we were judged or ju judged for something uh, that we knew was right for us, but others didn't have the context that we had and really understood our reasoning for it. And so they just didn't get it. And they just were doing the, the yapping. And I feel like that applies to Jalen Johnson of Duke in situations similar to Jalen Johnson of Duke. If you haven't heard by now, Jalen Johnson has basically declared, uh, I believe he's a freshman for Duke, he has basically declared for the NBA draft. Um, he was a one and done. In fact, I didn't plan on getting into this, but I was kind of looking for one more little topic I could get. I got a couple of things I want to get into today, uh, and I was looking for one more uh, topic and I think this is going to be it. I want to talk a little bit about the one and done stuff and kind of my thoughts on that because that's a very prevalent topic and has been for years now in college sports. And, you know, I don't think I've ever really gotten into that on the show. So we'll probably get into that here in a little bit. But Jalen Johnson of Duke, one and done, basically decided uh, he is going to forego the rest of the season because Duke is playing for nothing. They're not going to make – the tournament, unless some, which they're not, they're unless they win the ACC tournament, that's their only way into the NCAA tournament. And Jalen Johnson has basically decided that he's going to forego the rest of the season early and go ahead and declare for the NBA draft. And he has received a lot of unfair criticism on social media, uh, from journalists, from media, uh, about that decision. People seem to think he's quitting on Duke. He's giving up on Duke. Uh, you know, they're out of the hunt. You know, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament again 
unless they win the ACC title, which isn't going to happen. Uh, and they feel like he's quitting on them. They being the people criticizing, not Duke. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to get into why I wish we would stop doing that. Because, again, context matters. Understanding the situation matters. And now I remember, I mean, and, and again, this is from, the criticism comes for different reasons from different perspectives. I mean, it comes from fans, maybe, of Duke because they're fans. Uh, it comes from fans of other teams because they're like, oh, this guy quit on their team. Well, our guy didn't do that. And I know specifically for Carolina fans, we were thinking about Cole Anthony last year when he was going to be a lottery pick. A little low, ended up being a little lower than he could have been, but he didn't quit on Carolina. So I guess that's kind of a little humble brag that we have against Duke right now, uh, other than the fact that we're having not much, but we're having a better season than them. But Cole Anthony didn't quit on Carolina when he was going to be going definitely in the first round in the NBA draft, and Carolina was basically in the same position last year that Duke is in this year. But the point still stands. Uh, that That's why a fan would do it. Media, you know, they their job is to write stories and, you know, Media tends to sometimes be unfairly critical uh, of these type of situations because they don't have all of the context. Uh, they don't care to get all of the context. And I'm not accusing all media of this, but I'm not one of those people who just bashing the media. That's not what I'm about. But, you know, it is a fact that some media unfairly criticizes some players just for the sake of feeling good about themselves, about feeling right about their opinions, about whatever they're writing about. And that's no different here. They, there's very little empathy for the player or the person or the team that they're writing about. They just want to be right on a hot take or something like that. Uh, and I remember going back to the kind of the fan perspective. I remember the first time that I kind of was, I guess, pissed off about what one of the players on my respective teams that I pulled for almost did. Because I remember back when um, – a-Rod was on the Yankees back in those days, and I must have been in 7th or 8th grade. I think I was on the couch studying for a science test, one of the rare times I was actually doing that. Uh, and I remember my dad came in and said he saw where A-Rod could consider leaving the Yankees, and I got pissed off, and I was like, well, screw A-Rod. So as a fan, sometimes you don't think of it in the other, the actual individual shoes, and that's something I've grown to do as I've kind of expanded my knowledge of the sports world and gotten more exposed to it and realized that these are people's lives and careers and futures we're talking about here. And that's the case with Jalen Johnson. Um, he decided to leave Duke early. Now, I don't know where he's projected to go in the draft, but he is going to be drafted. And he wants to forget. He realizes that Duke isn't playing for anything this year and he doesn't, um, he doesn't want to risk anything. He doesn't want to risk getting hurt. He doesn't want to risk uh, jeopardizing his future in the NBA for nothing. And I think you got to take that into account. And Matthew Hurt, DJ Stewart, they have come out. Uh, those are players from Duke. They've come out and said they don't like the criticism that Jalen Johnson has gotten on social media because of his decision. 
So, and, and I know uh, I've heard, as, as one thing I've heard people who are kind of critical of the move by Jalen Johnson, they're like, oh, well, how does their team feel about it? How does Coach K feel? Coach K's all for it. Coach K said Jalen Johnson's family, and you have to take into account what's best for Jalen Johnson, and that's not something we tend to do in these scenarios. You know, I know as a Carolina fan, now it's a little different situation. As a Carolina fan, you heard a lot of this when Michael Carter, Deami Brown, and um, Chaz Surratt decided to forego playing in the Orange Bowl because of their potential draft stock. Uh, now, And that one was playing for something legit, the Orange Bowl. Uh, that was a legit, very high-profile uh, bowl game. It's, I mean, it's one of the biggest outside of, obviously, the top four in the college football playoff. But they decided to forego it because they didn't want to risk anything because they're – I mean, Michael Carter was the top running back in the ACC, De'Ami Brown, top uh, receiver in the ACC, and Chaz Surratt, the best defender on Carolina. And they decided to forego playing in the Orange Bowl to protect themselves from any potential injuries that would harm their current very high draft stock for the NFL. And again, people are critical of that. It's like, how would you, you know, why would you just give up on your team? You know, why would you not play in the Orange Bowl? But what you have to understand, these are players' futures and careers we're talking about here. And you're going to see more of this moving forward. You may as well get used to it. And I think that's one reason why it receives a lot of flack is because we're not used to seeing this. But I think as the NBA and the NFL and all of sports is becoming more pro-player, the player is getting more power, which is a good thing, by the way. They're having more say in their futures. You're going to see more of this start to happen at the college level. You're going to see more players. Again, you know, talking about Carolina, now you're seeing this with Duke basketball. You're going to see more players foregoing certain things when they have a very high draft stock and they don't want to risk getting hurt or anything happening to where they could potentially ruin that. You're going to see more of this moving forward. Uh, and I think we need to, as consumers of, you know, whether we're fans, whether we're media, I think we need to learn how to deploy more empathy for these players and putting ourselves in their shoes and respecting the fact that he's making a life decision here. He's doing what he thinks is best for him. We need to respect that. And most of us don't. Uh, and that's one thing I want to bring to the forefront on this particular show and beyond, quite frankly, that I feel like most of the media is not going to do is have more empathy for these players and their situations. You know, they, again, you know, a lot of the media, they just want to have a hot take and be right on something. They're not deploying empathy on what these players are actually dealing with and their actual life circumstances. And that's something we need to do more of because that's what we would want if it was us, right? I mean, if we made a decision that we thought was best for us and our circumstances, we would want others to be understanding of that. We wouldn't want to get beaten down on social media because of something we thought was best for ourselves. And that, you know, that's something Jalen Johnson has been getting a lot of since he made this decision. Uh, so again, you're going to see a lot more of this moving forward. And I think it's our job as lovers of sports or people who cover sports and I'm beating this hard, but it's because it's important. 
we need to learn to deploy more empathy for these players and respect their decision for their life. And, and we tend to do it when players decide to declare for, you know, and this, I guess this is more on the fan side. You know, we tend to get upset when certain players declare for the draft and we want them to stay. But what you got to understand is these players want to get paid uh, for what they're very good at, for their profession. No different than you. If you were the best, one of the best in the world or one of the best in the country at what you do, you would want to uh, get paid for that. You would want that. You would want to play or compete on the best level if you knew you were good enough to do so. And that actually leads me into my next segment, which is, again, the whole one-and-done rule in, in college basketball. You know, I'm not going to go too deep on this. I'm just going to kind of give you my broad thoughts about it. Um, I think it's going to be gone here very soon. You know, again, we're already seeing stuff change with the name, image, and likeness uh, decisions. You know, obviously college football video games coming back. Which, God, I can't wait. Uh, you're already seeing some movement. Because, like, I remember uh, I heard um, I heard Ben Simmons, I think, talking to Maverick Carter on one of the uninterrupted shows that they have. It might have been. I think this was a show particularly. I don't remember the name of the little series they have, but it's basically a show mm-hmm. based around sports figures and business and finances. And this was what they were talking about with Ben Simmons, you know, his time at LSU. He was the premier college basketball player in the country at the time. Um, you know, was kind of the next up and coming thing in the NBA whenever he got there. And people still tend to compare him to LeBron and that if he would just get a jump shot, which has yet to be seen, he's on LeBron's level potentially as far as like his potential. I don't go that far, but that's, that's the level he was at. And that's what he was being compared to in college. Kind of like how Trey Young was that you know, and was compared a lot to Steph Curry. Um, he was that level of college basketball player. And I remember he he said that he would literally see himself or his jersey, particularly on billboards all around Louisiana. And it's like, I'm not getting a dollar for this. I'm not getting paid for any of it. But yet I'm sitting here, I am your product. You know, forget the fact that I'm promoting your product. I am your product. I'm I'm the main part of your product right now. I'm making you a lot of money, and I'm not getting even a portion of it? Now, let's go to the flip side. There's going to be those of you who disagree with me who are going to say, yeah, but what about what these kids are getting at the schools themselves? You know, the education, you know, the gear, the swag, uh, the treatment, the just the experience that they're getting, the first-class sports experience that they're getting at these schools. And I can tell you this from a baseball perspective because I remember uh, when I was in high school about, I think, my junior – no. Yeah, my junior and senior years of high school, I remember I went to a little holiday uh, hitting camp down at University of South Carolina. And at the time, if you recall, if you're a big college baseball fan, you know this – uh, this was at the period of time where South Carolina was it. This was when they were going on those back-to-back College World Series runs, uh, you know, winning chips back-to-back-to-back years. They were the program for college baseball. This was that period of time. Um, 
And I remember, you know, they gave us a tour of, you know, the stadium there uh, in Columbia, they, the facilities. And it's like, you, you would have to ask yourself, I mean, the treatment that those players get and the the facilities that they're getting and the equipment. I mean, I remember they had a whole room in the stadium. They're stocked with cleats, batting gloves, equipment that if the players, you know, something got, I guess, messed up or a little dirt or just, damn it, they wanted a new pair of batting gloves because they just wanted a new pair, a fresh pair. They had a whole stack in that, in that room for that purpose. So they're getting first class at these programs like Duke, like South Carolina and baseball, you know, Florida football, uh, Clemson football, they're getting that. So you do have to take that. And that's a valid argument. But again, it's like at the same time, what does that have to do with telling a player you're not allowed to make money off of yourself? What does what you're getting, you know, again, the degree, the education, the, the, uh, the facilities, the equipment, what does that have to do with telling a player he can't make money. So my whole thing, and I kind of got off track here, talking about the one and done rule. I don't think we should be allowed to tell players, you have to go to college for a year. You know, we know you're going to bullshit your classes. We know you're probably not even going to show up for your classes because we know you're going straight to the NBA next year when you're allowed to, which is all the more reason why this is such a joke. Um, like, again, it's like, why? For what? Now, it does, well, we know for what, because college basketball probably wouldn't be, actually, you know, I take that back. You know, there, there's those out there that say college basketball wouldn't be what it has been and what, you know, it wouldn't be that without like the Zions, the Ben Simmons, the Trey Youngs coming through there for a year. But I disagree. I think. I think it would be just fine because it was just fine back when players were allowed to go straight to the NBA. We would just be focused on those players. You know, we wouldn't be focused on Zion or Trey Young or Ben Simmons or uh, Brandon Ingram. We wouldn't be focused on that player. We would be focused on the players that we have currently. Uh, So I actually think college basketball would be just fine. But, I mean, this whole notion that you should be allowed to tell somebody who's one of the best in the country – or best in the world, Zion, uh, at what they do. Yeah, you can't get paid yet. You got to go to college for a year. Ain't nobody telling an entrepreneur they got to go to college for a year before they can enter their business into the marketplace. Ain't nobody doing that. So why are we telling these basketball players that that's what they have to do? And I personally think a big reason is for the money for the NCAA. So I think you're going to see that go away. I think the I think the whole one and done thing is going to go away here in the near future uh, just because, you know, the name image likeness thing is starting to go away. Uh, you're going to start seeing players be allowed to receive third party money uh, from companies. You know, it's like if I promote something for you, if I, if you want me to promote your product because I'm an influencer, I'm in, in the sports world as a great basketball player, I should be allowed to do that and get the money for it. It's, it's, it's business. It's the marketplace. That's, that's all it is. And um, 
Yeah, that, that that's kind of my thoughts on it, and I just think you're seeing you're going to see a lot of things change here very soon uh, when it comes to you know those types of things, and I think it's a good thing. And again, it goes back to the players getting more of what they deserve, you know, having a little more power over themselves, which I think they should be able to have. So um, let's switch gears here to the NFL. Um, I, I meant to talk about this on Tuesday's show, but I didn't get to it. Um, Russell Wilson. And I feel like we're having an entire show today based on being able to speak up for yourself and not get flack for it. But it's, it's a very real thing in the world we live in. I mean, you know, whether it's a Jalen Johnson of Duke deciding, you know what, I don't want to do anything to potentially jeopardize my NBA career. We're not playing for anything right now. Let me go ahead and just forego the season. And the best part is his own teammates and head coach and Coach K are supporting him, but it's the media and it's the outside voices that are bashing him for it. That's the part that I find quite ironic. Um, or, again, whether it's the whole being allowed to go to the NBA and get paid for your abilities, whether it's being allowed to, if you are in college as a player, be able to take third-party money and get paid for your abilities and your name, image, and likeness if other people want to use it for marketing or whatever. And I think Russell Wilson has the right – when he's been quiet, quite frankly, and known as a kind of buttoned up and quiet player for his whole career, to finally speak up about what has been bubbling up there in Seattle for a few years now. And that is the fact that this dude is always running for his life. And the O-line has not done a very good job in protecting him. And the fact that he is getting flack for mentioning that and speaking up about it, that, again, like, put yourselves in their shoes. And, again, this is me hammering home this whole empathy thing. You know, instead of judging because somebody's been quiet for most of their career and they finally decided to speak up about something that they had a problem with, come on. Like, like I've heard people say that they were kind of disappointed and Russell Wilson, uh, he, that, that, that's kind of the one that stuck with me. I heard somebody say they were disappointed. Like, for what? He voiced his opinion on something. You know, he, he wasn't putting anybody. He was just saying, like, we need to be better on this. This has been an issue. And if you've been watching the Seahawks in recent memory, it has. Now, uh, one argument that could be made in defense of – the O-line, or I guess an argument you could make against Russell Wilson here, is that his style of play, where he tends to try and ex, you know move and extend the play more than most quarterbacks do, could potentially lead to him getting hit more or being on the run more. So that is a, a real thing. I mean, we've got to look at both sides here. But this the fact that he can't voice his opinion on something, his he can't voice his frustration – with something that has been an issue, quite frankly, because it has, if you've been, again, if you've been watching, I, I, I don't understand that. So, uh, will Russell Wilson move? You know, will he get traded? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think, again, I think we make too much of these type of things when they come up, you know, you know, you, you th listen, this is part of it. 
you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have things that you're, you're going to have times where you need to kind of call somebody out on something. Like I've been on sports teams my entire life. Like you have moments where you got to speak up, whether this is the coach to the players, a player to a player, or I guess more so at the pro level, a player to a coach. It's like, this has not been good. This has not been satisfactory. This is something I think needs to be better. What's wrong with that? It's part of this. It's part of anything. I mean, you could be in a business. You could be in a, part, a relationship. It doesn't matter. If something is not satisfactory and you feel like, more importantly, if you feel that something is not satisfactory, it needs to be better for us to move forward, uh, you better speak up about it because if you don't, there's going to be more serious problems down the line because you stayed tight-lipped about it because that's what everybody expected you to do. No, no. If you had a problem or you feel like something needs to be better, let's talk about it because that's actually how you solve the problem. So uh, appreciate all of you that have been tuning in so far. Um, let me take a minute to mention our sponsor, American Betting Experts, because i got to give them some love. Uh, they sponsor our show. Uh, they sponsor all of the shows here in Chris Landry Football. Uh, we definitely appreciate them, and they have a special offer for you guys. So what you're going to want to do, you're going to want to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick on the gaming sites that are legal in your state, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. Uh, you're going to sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet. It could go from $100 to $1,000. It is literally that easy. So, again, go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad upper right side of the page. Maybe even subscribe while you're there. Uh, and then you get on that special deal from American Betting Experts. Appreciate them for sponsoring us here at Chris Landry Football. And obviously appreciate you guys for getting in on that. And appreciate you guys uh, viewing the show and watching. Um. Man, this JJ Watt, I don't really have anything. Uh, I don't. I actually kind of got through most of what I wanted to get into today, uh, but I will say this: um, Did you guys see that video? And I feel like we're sticking with the theme of the show today, which is empathy and not judging people for. Or just judging, you know, I feel like I'm kind of sticking with the theme. But did you guys see that video that Tom Brady put out yesterday basically saying, hey, I heard you. I kept the receipts. Uh, I heard the Max Kellermans out there. I heard the Shannon Sharps out there. I heard the Rob Parkers out there that basically said I was done and was washed and was only amount of time till I hit the uh, – the cliff. Um, that video, as we welcome in a new viewer, hope you're doing all right, talking about Tom Brady and his uh, little video he put out on social media yesterday. I know he put it on Instagram, Twitter, probably put it on his TikTok too. Um, that video had me ready to run through a wall for that guy. A wall. Like, I, that got me so fired up. And the premise of the video was, I heard you. I heard the criticism. I heard you telling me I was washed up. I heard you telling me Gronk was washed up. I heard you saying that 
AB wasn't going to do nothing. We, we heard it. Here's the Lombardi. That's what I was able to do. And it's important um, in anything you do. Listen, you're going to have doubters. You're going to have, you know, again, this is in anything. It's in business. It's in uh, sports. It's in a relationship. Like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have people that think they know what's best for you. People think Tom Brady should have probably retired a year or two ago when he was kind of struggling there for a little bit with the Patriots. Um, you're always going to have that. And the fact that Tom Brady was able to hear it, but actually not really hear it. Let me tell you something. Uh, when you're able to close your ears and not hear the outside uh, criticism and opinions, good or bad, by the way, People, you, you might have a group over here that thinks you're just the best thing walking. You're just the goat. You might have a group over here that thinks you can go screw yourself. You're, we, this ain't going to work for you. You're washed up. You're going to have both of those. And if you can close your ears to the point where you don't hear either side, you don't hear the people saying you're the goat, and you don't hear people saying you're washed. You don't hear any of it but you hear yourself and you got your head down and you're focused on what's actually in front of you and what you're actually doing. That's when stuff gets pretty remarkable. And that's when you're able to win a seventh Lombardi trophy, quite frankly, is when you're able to close your ears to not just the criticism, but to the praise too. Because what, ha I mean, think about it. what happens when, you know, you're being, I mean, think, all right, put yourself in Tom Brady's shoes. To, you know, obviously you've got the criticism, but you've also got everybody and their mother who says you're the greatest quarterback of all time. You're the GOAT. You're the best football mm -hmm. player of all time. You're in the conversation with the GOAT of GOATs with MJ. You know, you're, you're being, you know, the conversation is, is it Brady or is it MJ or is it LeBron? You know, that conversation. When you've got that in your ear 24-7, which is very difficult not to have it 24-7 with this thing nowadays – you could be tempted to take your foot off the gas, especially when you've been hearing it for as many years as Tom Brady has at this point. You could be tempted to take your foot off there. It's like, ah, oh, they think I'm the GOAT. We got this. I promise you if he did that, he wouldn't have that seventh Lombardi that he just chucked in the Gronk's boat over that river the other day. He wouldn't have it. When you stop hearing things, things get remarkable. You don't hear the good you don't hear the bad. You are even. It goes in one ear, out the other. You're able to hear criticism if it's actual criticism that could help you. Majority of the time, it's not. You hear it in one ear, out the other. When you are able to stop hearing things, that's when you're in a very good place personally. On that note, uh, Chuck Oliver's show is coming up next. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Uh Kind of a slow week, it felt like, just because we weren't hyping up the Super Bowl. We weren't hyping up the college football playoff. Uh, talk, got, a, got a fair amount of – oh, by the way, let me, let me actually finish up with this because I this was something I had that I wanted to get to, and I didn't get to it, and I meant to. So I've been talking about how stop sleeping on Florida State. I continue to, stay, to say stop sleeping on Florida State as now they've moved, I believe, to the top of the ACC rankings. 
I don't know what their national ranking is now. They were 16 at the time of beating UVA, so I'm sure they're in the top 10 at this point. You know what's crazy to me? And I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday because I posted on my Instagram story about FSU basketball, and now I told you to stop sleeping on them. I was having this conversation with somebody, and I've actually heard it a few different places, and it's a, it's a valid point. The type of players that Leonard Hamilton has been able to recruit to FSU is nothing short of remarkable. Like, I feel like Leonard Leonard Hamilton has been a stick in my rear end as a Carolina fan since, like, fifth grade. Because it's like – like, I remember specifically one year – I don't remember what year it was. It was it was one of those years uh, when it was Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellen, that group. Uh, this might have been either 06 or 07 or 07 or 08. And I remember Carolina was in the ACC championship game. And they were favored to win by a lot. And Florida State snuck up and got them and won. And God, I remember I was so upset. I, ah. Leonard Hamilton has been recruiting like this since I was a kid. And he continues to do it to this day. And that is, he somehow is able, he recruits differently. It's like he's able to recruit players that are already like NBA mature, NBA size. Like his, I don't know, his, the play, the type of players he's able to recruit there, they're just different. Like they're, they, they're mature physically. Mainly that's the main, it's like they're physically more mature than everybody else. It's, you know, they may not have a Zion or, a Trey Young or something like that, but they have they have NBA strength, NBA level maturity. It always feels like to the point where they are able to compete with players who, even if they do go on to be great NBA players, they're babies. Like they're not there yet. It's just potential at this point. They're not physically mature yet. But God, Leonard Hamilton somehow seems to find those physically mature NBA mature. Uh, from a physical standpoint, players, and it just continues to work, and it continues to bring success to FSU. And I told you not to sleep on them. I told you not to sleep on I told you when that preseason ranking this year came out and they were number 23 going into the season, I told you way too low. And now we see the marathon continues. In Carolina, we'll see what happens with them. But that's it for today. Uh, Again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Uh, Appreciate the podcast listeners, everybody who's watching afterwards uh, when this is already posted. Um, Appreciate everybody who gets in on the comments. We don't have any comments today, but uh, we'll we'll get that going next week again, I'm sure. We will be back Tuesday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on Chris Landry Football. That's it. Hope you have a good rest of the weekend. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Chuck Oliver show is next. This has been ACC tailgate uh, with me, your host, Will Dalton, AKA Wilbur and gold. Hit me up on social, any, any platform I'm there. Uh, just look up Wilbur and gold. And I'd love, and, and, and if you do reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm from ACC tailgate because I appreciate each and every, like, I really appreciate you guys that watch the show uh, as we continue to build this community here on Chris Landry football. So, Uh, that's going to be it for today. And we'll see you guys Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on ACC tailgate. Have a good one.